Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and I do have a guest with me today, but before I get to that, if you like the show today, you can find me on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit, one word on all the stuff. Leave me a rating and review on your podcast app. That's just nice. Folks, this episode is a long time coming, and I'll tell you, it's going to be slow the next couple months. I am working on organizing a pride festival in a city, this is insane, but uh, such is my life, in a city I no longer live in, but I started doing while I did live there a couple years ago, but everything got postponed with COVID. Anyway, it's back, and this is taking up so much of my time organizing this Pride Fest. So, um, and, you know, I also work at like three jobs. Uh, yeah, so this is just going to be, the next couple months are going to be slow for me putting out episodes. Um, I love you. Please stick with me. Thank you for sticking with me. Next month is going to be four years of doing the podcast, which is insane. Um, some of you have listened since the beginning, which is even more insane. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so, uh, you know, give me grace and you know, you do. Nobody else, nobody's saying anything, but just wanted to let you know what's up there. All right. So I have a guest with me today. I'm so excited. I finally got this person on and I've been begging him to do the pod for forever. Um, this is a good friend of mine, Scott Nelson. We are in a band together. Uh, surprise drop. I don't think I've ever mentioned that on the podcast yet. Um, so we are in a band called Secret Grief together. I've known him forever. We're such good pals. Um, I hope that this episode makes sense to people who aren't us. <laughs> uh, but I think it I think it does. I think it's good. We accidentally did a like kind of half an episode on a different movie, but I do promise we talk about Alps. Okay, I promise we talk about the whole movie Alps. Okay. <laughs> so some normals may remember if you listened to the episode on the movie Arrival, I alluded to a friend who was studying linguistics. That is this friend, Scott. You know, he does that, but he does a lot of other things too, including the band. And you know what? He has a lifelong dream of composing a score for a film. You know, shorter feature doesn't really matter. But, you know, I know a lot of filmmakers out there and I know a lot that listen to the podcast. So if you are in need of a score, hit them up. Check out their tunes, our tunes. I'm newer to the band. Anyway, check out their tunes and, you know, I think you'd be great at it. We recently did four songs in a live session for Eureka Records. Eureka Records. That's kind of hard to say for me. And look, instead of doing my theme beat bumper, I'm going to play a little bit of one of those tunes. And this song is called Dreams. So check out that. I'll link our sessions in the show notes, even though that makes me scared. <laughs> don't tell me if you watch them. I don't want to know. Okay, enjoy the episode. Bye. Yeah, this is going to get goofy. I'm sorry. You think so? 
No, it's good to be goofy, I think. <laughs> I and just know I how haven't we talked get. to any people in days. <laughs> what do you mean Uh-oh. how we get? We get goofy. What's that supposed to mean? We get goofy. <laughs> Do we goof? Was... You and I? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I was thinking the other day that like there there certainly is a subset of the populate oh my god, just I hate the way that what? I fucking talk. There is Stop. a subset <laughs> there's a subset of people who only know me from like my music, which is very sad mm-hmm. and depressing. But largely, my personality outside of that is very goofy and stupid. For oh, okay, or yeah, I see. Like, so it's very funny. <laughs> I thought, to, hold to on, imagine. when you started this, this <laughs> like sentence, I thought you meant like you're depressed that people only know you from your music and not know you. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I just think it's it's like a very funny. It's people a very only funny... know me from my music, which is so sad and depressing. <laughs> Do you know? Can, can you hear it when I say it? Back? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, just yeah. just like, yeah, if, if they only knew me then and then listen to this, they'll be like, what the fuck? You know, you contain multitudes. Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, people only know me from being absolutely stupid ass online and <laughs> posting videos of squirrels. And then they meet me and they go, oh, well, that actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, I only contain one multitude. But, <laughs> but my movie life is secret. Is it? Well, I feel like there's only a select amount of people who I know who listen to my podcast or even care about it at all or follow it or anything like that and people who don't like it's a total they have no idea about it yeah it's like a double life and it's hard to talk about with anybody normal because (laughs) they don't know what I'm talking about like it (laughs) it just sounds psychotic I've tried to like tell my coworkers about like movies I've watched and stuff it never it don't usually go well (laughs) yeah because they're so stupid and crazy <laughs> um that being said <laughs> all right <laughs> okay we can be in the pod scott welcome to the pod hello <laughs> all right we're starting we're goofing clowning um i can barely pay attention to doing my podcast because i just want to chat with my pal scott <laughs> who's being shy now and will not make another peep <laughs> i i hello <laughs> Hello, Screen Vomit <laughs> listeners. Oh, my listeners are called the Normals. The Normals? Okay. Mm-hmm. Hello, Normals. Normals. <laughs> Is it too early to tell an anecdote? Go ahead. <laughs> what type of anecdote? What do we got? So <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, with an anecdote. there's a town called Normal, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know this town, Normal, Illinois? Mm-hmm. That yeah. we used to drive. I believe I played a show there once. Yeah, we used to drive past it in you know i mm-hmm. guess the good old days and of rock and rolling <laughs> that's right but we used to do a bit about norm and norma normalson who lived in normal illinois <laughs> oh my god that's such a you bit <laughs> so, so that i'm thinking of all your listeners as norm and norma normalson from normal illinois <laughs> yeah i think that's who listens um mainly so hello then, norm hello norma from brussels <laughs> and hello normals they're kids uh yeah are there other norm based names uh Nor- norma norman n- norman i don't think yeah you can just shorten it to norm no. but that's the same name yeah nor so uh, nor? yeah i don't think so nor to be like nora or something oh yeah nora that'd be a good one actually. okay so we've been friends for a long time but i don't think that we've ever had a a real um t to b conversation about a film would you say that's true i think that's true Yes, I would say that's true. Even though we have a lot of crossover in taste. I Yeah. Especially in comedy. That's right. Well, first of all, I don't think we ever talked about a movie together before this year, maybe, that I'm aware Probably of. Probably so. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it got brought up, but 
I mean, when I saw you in New York, whenever that was. When was that? August. August? Yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit, but not not T to B, as you say. Not T to B. Mm-hmm. I did make you watch a little freaky little short when we were in the studio in May, too. Oh, that's right. Yes. I think about that far <laughs> too often. <laughs> really? Right. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, well, I already told you that I tried to Hold get on, the let's sunglasses. name the short. Alex Kavitsky's The Hole the Devil Put There. Yeah. But I told you that I tried to get those sunglasses for my family trip to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so Nick Rossi in the short is wearing these insane sunglasses. So you tried to get the, the glasses. I did. And, and you they were all Wait, sold out. Wait, you did out. get them? No, no, no. Oh, I did out. try, okay. but they were all sold out. Yeah. And so I would only accept those ones no nothing else <laughs> so I, I literally didn't buy sunglasses for this trip to hawaii i i went to hawaii with oh no sunglasses um, and I you're light there, eyes so you're you're probably sun sensitive I'm, I'm light everything baby <laughs> well I'm light gonna, everything. gonna start gonna start a tally of regrets uh <laughs> Every every five, maybe every two, I think I'm going to lose at least one close friend. <laughs> but think of how many more you'll gain. That's right. That's why I'm here, baby. <laughs> <Doing all harder. sighs> now you're just being me. <laughs> Don't be me to myself. I, we are near birthday twins, so it's hard not to. I know, I know. We're so similar. <laughs> We're more similar than you'd think. <laughs> Okay, tell me about your relationship with watching movies. You're a little bit of a movie head, although you don't you're not quite to the extent of uh me, but <laughs> I don't consider myself one, but then I think about how often I do end up watching movies that I I guess I am a secret movie head. Okay, closet. I don't have I don't have, I don't have that strong of opinions on well, maybe I do have strong I have a strong opinions about everything, which is a personality flaw. You've never evaluated <laughs> You haven't properly evaluated your relationship with film yeah yeah i like movies (laughs) so i I mean really really the past few years it's it's grown quite a bit so Mm -hmm. my roommates and i regularly have well used to regularly have movie nights especially during the pandemic where we would just all get together and watch a movie every week so Mm -hmm. uh and different people chose right so but now you're enemies and you don't do it anymore Mm -hmm. that's right enemies Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I I feel like I have bad taste in movies, but I I know what I like. <laughs> Name some of your faves. Well, my two favorite movies are Alien and Young Frankenstein, which is like kind okay. of a psycho. But you know, one comedy, one normal. drama. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's normal. I, that's a normal picks. Yeah, I love the thing. Mm-hmm. Partially because it's so it's like a cold movie. <laughs> just like, and you love winter. Scott I've, famously loves winter. Yeah, famously. Winter, little winter freak. <laughs> <laughs> little snow bunny. <laughs> I feel like I was thinking of other movies I loved the other day, and now I can't. I mean, Alien and Young Frankenstein are the two that I just name one go that's to. from the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Oh, I I actually love Annihilation. I I think that okay, is, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I saw it in theaters and was very immediately disappointed, not because the movie was bad, because Mm -hmm. I it got to the end and I thought that was so fucking good. Why was I thinking the whole time that it's so much different than the book? Like, that's all I could think about. (laughs) Wait, is there a book? Yeah, it's based on a book. Um, I don't read. You're a smart cultured man. Allegedly, (laughs) the the story goes (laughs) that Alex Garland read the book 
and then wrote the screenplay without rereading or looking up anything back in the book. Okay. Yeah. And that, I guess, tracks a little bit. But also, I think that's not real. Like, that seems just like a marketing thing to me. But I don't know. I don't know. That could be cool. That'd be a cool way to be inspired by something but not pull too much from it. I mean, in some sense, it it fits very well with the the theme of the book and movie. Mm -hmm. Just making these, like, imperfect copies of things is sort of a through line through everything. So... I don't know. It seems like too on the nose to be real to me, kind of. But um, okay. I guess I guess I for more modern movies, I I very much like all of Alex Garland's stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're all. Did you ever perfect. end up seeing the new one? Yeah. So Cam, I went and saw with Cam uh, like a week mm-hmm. after we did our stuff. <laughs> don't make it sound I, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, recorded well, sessions normals. in studio. Yeah. Well, normals. <laughs> Kayla, myself, and our friend Cam were supposed to go see the movie Men, but then we were so fucking exhausted from two days straight of, I don't know, 13 hours in a recording studio that we said, nah. Of rock and rolling. Yeah. I haven't talked much about rock and rolling on the pod in a very long time, so they may not even know that I have a secret a secret triple life as a rock and roller. Well, yeah, that's true. And that's how we <laughs> met. So <laughs> That is how we met. <laughs> we met should we say how many sure. when did we decide it was 2015 yeah it was uh, 2015. 2015 i booked scott's band on a show that i also played and i think no people came or one person maybe <laughs> one person came and yeah <laughs> it was okay two things i remember up the show one is that diy one person baby came, <laughs> one person came uh-huh. but he was so into every song that we played and runaway brother played (laughs) like he came there just for us by himself and like bought merch from both of us but i also remember at the venue there were sound triggered lights oh yeah the lights Mm -hmm. you could make so they changed with sound and so Mm -hmm. cam and i set them to just be on nonstop like that so it's just like yeah 30 this is like an 150 cap venue too yes yeah you can picture It's not huge, but it's pretty big for just one person to be in. <laughs> yeah. And and we were playing as a two-piece band, so like <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of funny stuff. But after the show was <laughs> after the show was like a very um memorable time for me as well because Jacob and I bleached our hair in your bathroom that night. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so I, I bleached my hair in your bathroom. We got donuts the next morning at that place then we went and played laser tag you i don't think you came with us but um no the rest yeah we went and played laser tag in fact i've been to that laser tag place three or four times now which is what (laughs) and i don't think no times with me what the fuck yeah multiple times on tours Mm -hmm. and then also my brother and his friend and i came down once and just played (laughs) it's a very good laser tag place (laughs) do you remember the name uh, laser time. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. how quickly I just pulled that out of my head. <laughs> um, the other, the other funny thing about the time I came with my brother and his friend is we got yelled at by not the employees, but by some of the people playing like the younger kids playing. Mm-hmm. And they said to, to me and well, I guess, yeah, just me. They're like, stop trying so hard. You're a bunch of high schoolers or something. <laughs> Keep in mind, I was like at, <laughs> at least 28 at this point. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But also I've had But that I've speaks had, to your boyish charm. It's huh? true. I've had I was just gonna say I've had two laser tag birthdays in my adult life. Including really? for my thirtieth birthday. Yeah. So for it's my fun to 20, do stupid uh, stuff for your birthday though. Yeah, so for my twenty third birthday, we brought a squad of like thirty people to the laser tag place in Lansing, Michigan and just yeah. that ruled. And then for my thirtieth birthday, my partner at the time surprised me with like a bunch of friends who came. There, there weren't quite 30 that time. You know, you kind of yeah. lose friends as you get older. But, <laughs> you know, always got to turn oh. it depressing somehow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, they, they were both incredible. But you went to play laser tag. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So, yeah, now. And um, next year not... we're going to have a joint birthday party where we go on tour. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, un- I unfortunately have a, 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 my secret second life <laughs> is as a as a giant nerd so i uh well that's not a secret well okay yeah true <laughs> <laughs> uh as an academic <laughs> scott's getting a phd famously famously mm-hmm. continue uh about laser tag or phd well we were gonna say you were starting to say we can't do a tour on our birthday because oh yeah just because i i'm i'm busy with the academic calendar around that time so. oh i see yeah um, Don't you have spring break sometime? Is it not on our birthday? Yeah, but it's Good usually Friday, earlier. Anything? It's usually <laughs> earlier for um, Easter <laughs> for colleges. Yeah, I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, when I was in school, I was always on my birthday, spring break. Yeah, so so in in high school, I was the same way. Like it always seemed to yeah. be on my on our birthday. Week. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> now it's but yeah, now, now people do like March. Yeah, that's crazy. And it what is. kind of people are born in March? <laughs> No, all the cool kids are born in April. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I know anyone born in March, and I hope it stays that way. <laughs> oh, God, someone born in March is going to be listening to this that I know. I'm sorry. People born in March are posers. <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. That's why. <laughs> I, I used to, I used, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm telling this story. But I used to just like jokingly call everyone. Uh, okay, so. Backstory is I used to get into a lot of trouble with the Secret Grief and Tiger Tiger Twitter because I would just I would just goof okay. all the time. Yeah. And one time one time there was this giant snowstorm. We were in Muskegon, which is like right on the mm-hmm. lake on the west side of Michigan. And this yeah. band from the Detroit area was supposed to come and play. But I'm I'm talking mm-hmm. like foot of snow, like true blizzard snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And they and they they posted about how they couldn't play and I just responded saying posers, and this caused a lot of drama. <laughs> Aw, well, because they don't know you're silly. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I mean. You're Everyone the meme of the guy walking in the room at the party, and it's like, they don't know I'm a silly little guy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't know I'm a silly little right? guy. Yeah. <laughs> they think you're serious. Yeah. So you're being outed as a silly it's, little guy. It's been, it's been a bane of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're serious. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no one's ever thought that I was serious, so we have opposite problems. <laughs> All right, should we talk about the movie? We certainly we can. We certainly can. Okay. Got, got my notes. You got notes. <laughs> Doesn't have to be that intense. <laughs> you have to remember, okay, this is my academic side, though. Sorry, oh, yeah, you are a scholar. I also watched Dogtooth because I was like, I got to know the full, oh, I got to know yeah. the full like lens to view this through. And I've seen The Lobster. That's great. But I haven't seen mm-hmm. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Those are like his four that he's written, directed, and produced, right? Look at me. I got knowledge. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know a couple things. Who's hosting here? <laughs> so, yeah, we did the 2012 film Alps. This is a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Scott just named his whole filmography, so I don't have to do that for you no more. <laughs> but I am going to do a little bit of cast and crew before we talk about it uh, any further. All right. So, yeah, written, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, co-written by Eftimus Philippou, who co-writes a lot of Yorgos's films, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which we've done on Pod, Dogtooth Lobster, and also co-wrote the film L, which I've done on the podcast, but may not come out until after this. So <laughs> uh, it's coming up, the film L. But I didn't know that about Eftimus uh, when I picked that film. Anyway, that guy also, the writer, also plays a character in this film. He plays the lamp shop owner, uh, which is actually his only acting credit so that's interesting also from the movie l aris servitalis who plays like the leader of the gang in this is in the film l angeliki papulia all right i'm rolling with these greek names um is also in Dogtooth and the lobster she plays the uh, rude lady in the lobster the coach johnny vecris is not in anything else um and actually passed away like 10 days after this film came out wow so, poor little fellow, bless his heart, Johnny Vuckris. And then the gymnast, Arian Labed, is also in The Lobster and the film Attenberg, which is another popular Greek weird way of film. So, that's the cast, more or less, the people that you'd know from anything. All Greek folks, all in the Greek films. All right. So, 2012 Film Alps. This was on my list for a very long time. And actually, I forced Scott to do this, and he didn't get any say in it. So, <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> I'm glad that he said yes, because I've been wanting to do this forever. And my podcast rule, my time limit for films is 10 years. So, this is a 2012 film. We're almost over 2022. I had to get it in. Ooh. I've been saving it to do on the pod because I am such a Yorgos head. Uh, I love all his movies, I've seen all his movies except for this. One, I think there might be, it's possible that there's one more, but I don't know, that I haven't seen. But anyway, I'm a huge Yorgos head, and uh, I was really wanting to do this, so I'm glad that you said yes. Yeah, I I am not a huge Yorgos head, but mm-hmm. I'm still not a head, but I, I overall I liked it. <laughs> but you, you've I, dipped a toe or two in now. Yes, that's, well, yeah. I, I had a toe dipped in. I, I saw The Lobster. I watched it on a plane, though, so it, like that's not real movie watching. Yeah. But yeah, that was my So you've only only seen the lobster on a plane <laughs> yes and then you've probably seen the favorite true no false really yeah oh, okay i just figured because everybody was seeing it when it was in theaters when was it in, was that recent 2018 it was like an oscar movie mm. again <laughs> fake movie guy here <laughs> <laughs> it was just big at the time yeah okay so you saw the lobster on a plane was that the first yorgos movie you'd seen yep unless there's like a hidden one that i I don't know. Those are pro- that'd probably be it. Um, the Lobster and The Favorite are the most like commercially accessible. So unless you were seeking out any of the others, you probably wouldn't have just found them. Well, it's funny because I, I have a vivid memory of starting mm-hmm. to watch Dogtooth maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I maybe got 30 seconds in and then never watched any more of it. So Really? You gave up? Well, <laughs> I, I didn't quite give up as much as I just like never went back to it, I guess. I don't know. I like weirdly you put thirty seconds it, in. But, well, the first thirty seconds, like you know, nothing really happens. It's like kind of quiet. 
Actually, I noticed this about both Dogtooth and Alps. They start in pure silence, and I think that's cool. I think more movies that's just true. need pure mm-hmm. silence. Okay, let's not compare them too much now because we got to do yeah, some yeah, other yeah, stuff before we get there. But we will get there. But I just wanted to know like your relationship with Yorgos movies. Relatively little. You've just seen some recently. Yeah, yeah. I would suggest now that you've seen Dogtooth, maybe watching The Lobster again. Yeah, I, I actually I wanted think- to before this but i just ran out of time you didn't make it okay so uh, critic scores on this we got 75 percent on rotten tomatoes and 78 percent of google users hit it with that old thumbs up so i did not prep you for this at all in any way but do you want to read a plot summary of this film yes yes okay i remember listening to another episode where you made someone do this so i should have been aware oh you did yeah of course what'd you listen to well again i listened to the first half of um over (laughs) overlord what is that the zombie movie? overlord overlord oh with dylan yeah dylan just messaged me and asked if i was in secret grief now and said he was so excited about it Mm -hmm. Aw, dylan am i allowed to say (laughs) yes or no yeah i think we're at a point where everyone's just in it if they want to be in it not not that that like diminishes you being in it but you are absolutely part of the squad now hell yeah okay he's really excited about the new song too by the way oh cool (laughs) so this plot summary synopsis whatever you want to call it was from the press kit for this movie so it's a little more detailed so it's a it's official it's official go for it okay i do have one question before i read it and this is me being (laughs) being academic nerd scott is it Uh official is it from the official press kit in english or was the official press kit in greek and then translated into english I am going to guess that the official press kit would have been in English. Okay. Because because most film you would be sending it to critics and film fests, right? Mm, and yeah. those will probably primarily not be in Greece. Okay. Yeah, because I'm going to talk later about how I found one line so psychotic, but then I thought that maybe it's because of translation stuff instead of (laughs) instead of actually being weird. Okay, Uh, (laughs) this is the synopsis. You can do a voice if you want to. Of Alps, (laughs) a nurse, a par oh god, a nurse, a paramedic, (laughs) a gymnast, and her coach have formed a service for hire. They stand in for dead people by appointment, hired by the relatives, friends, or colleagues of the deceased. The company is called Alps. The leader, the paramedic, calls himself Mont Blanc. Although Alps members operate under a discipline regime demanded by their leader, the nurse does not. Oh yeah. That's kind of weird. Like that that's weird that that's the official one to me, but I, I guess it's Why? fine. It does tell you what happens. I don't know, just like the leader. <laughs> the, well, you know, say? here's the what leader. I think. The leader, the paramedic. I think that Knowing what's going on in this movie, this is like such a rare case because actually I want to ask, what did you know about this movie before you came into it? Did you like watch a trailer? Did you, what was nothing at all? You just turned it on? I literally turned it on and started watching. Okay. Okay, cool. I love that I have that power. (laughs) (laughs) So I also, I didn't know anything about it besides obviously that it was a Yorgos movie. I did know that it had something vaguely to do with death, but I didn't know what or anything. That was all I knew. And I didn't, I, I always go into movies that way. I don't know anything. I might know like an actor in it or something, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I try and stay away from, I never watch trailers. I never read synopsis. Um, I really try and not know as much as possible. And I think that's typically the best way to go into a movie, I believe. I think this is the only movie I've ever seen where I think that is not true. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, it's very like I think watching it directly after Dogtooth helped me in some sense because I like yeah. 
I got the vibe, right? Like I knew, mm-hmm. I knew in some sense I didn't need to know exactly what was going on to like, yeah, take in the movie. So that you know, I wasn't like too worried about understanding the the plot per se because I knew it would just happen. Yeah, <laughs> like um, <laughs> I knew th- I knew there'd be a bit of mystery, right? Like not everything was going to be answered. Unless he like yeah. drastically changed up his directing style in between two movies. No, he has a pretty well. Since the favorite, the favorite is really the only one that like severely switches from his typical style. I think mm-hmm. everything else is pretty cohesive in his filmography. So yeah, it's pretty consistent in his filmography up until the favorite. So you know, if you know one, you kind of know what you're in for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in yeah, general, that's, that's what I. That's what I yeah. kind of thought so yeah just went for it i just i don't know what it was because i typically don't feel like i need things explained for me or you know i'm usually fine with being a little lost but i just felt like my idea of what was happening was so vague and i didn't really get it for a while and for so long and it 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 almost pissed me off (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-oh Maybe a little pissed off. <laughs> so I think um, at least knowing like a little bit going into this would probably be helpful. And I and I wonder like if a lot of the critics reviews are like skewed because of that too. Like if they wouldn't have read the press kit or whatever, would their opinion be different? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The only thing, okay, I, I the only thing I saw was the synopsis mm-hmm. that I saw was just like one sentence that was like a group of people impersonate, you know, deceased people. <laughs> like that's basically as much as I got out of it. So I was like, okay, this seems. So a you knew weird. a little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know but I didn't know that much. I didn't know that oh, much okay. even. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes that makes the the ambulance scene like. Knowing that you're like, okay, I see what's going on here. Like, why, why, yeah. why the fuck is this guy asking this person who's dying <laughs> who her favorite <laughs> actor is? Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, what is happening? Also, with that, I I have a mild face blindness, and mm. in Greek movies, it's really hard because let's just say Greek people have strong genes, <laughs> and they're <laughs> they're similar looking. To each other, right? So um, I can't tell people apart a lot. (laughs) Greek people don't come for me, but you know it's true. (laughs) So (laughs) look, I'm Polish. We have our own thing too, so it's fine. But no, actually, I thought the I thought the gymnast actress was the same actress from dogtooth the younger sister for like the first 15 minutes so i'm with you but it's not right it's not yeah but the older sister is the same yeah yeah yep yeah yeah so i thought the chicken the ambulance and the gymnast were the same person Mm. couldn't tell them apart i don't know um i got some of the men confused i was having a hard time or i couldn't also tell sometimes i'm like am i looking at a different person because i know that i get people confused i'm like is this the same guy from earlier or is this a different guy and i just think he looks the same so <laughs> yeah i think i i think i, I had that with i think like. i had that with her dad yeah the nurse's dad and another character too i was like wait is this the guy that she's like i don't know working for or is this really her dad like yeah so i mm, I, I yeah i guess i get it redacted yeah. so it was complicated <laughs> don't redact <laughs> okay so saying all that 
I think I would like to get ahead of what do they exactly do, say it out up top, and then go more through the movie, even though it technically isn't revealed until about 30 minutes into the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Except for my synopsis, where it was revealed right away. Well, there was a little bit in the synopsis, yeah. But we'll go into a little more detail. Okay, so, yeah. So we have a crew. They call themselves the Alps. They are like surrogates for deceased people. When somebody dies, they're hired by people's families, and they stand in place of the person who died, learning scripts from the families. They dress in clothes, of the dead person they're impersonating. Um, they sometimes do little tasks or just whatever they're asked to do by the by the people who hired them. Uh, and they get paid for this. The gig economy, babe. <laughs> so they're making money on the side because they all also have day jobs, famously. In the yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what the money situation looked like here because to me, like, this seems such like a psychotic thing to do that, especially because they're keeping it secret, <laughs> that uh-huh. it, they should be getting paid so much, but they're also doing other jobs. Is that just a front to make sure that they don't get caught or... I don't know. The The sense of time was also very warped in this movie because it, they always seem yeah. to be in that gymnasium. So it's like, when's yeah. this guy driving the ambulance? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, we don't see him do a lot of ambulance work. Yeah. But yeah, some of them have even like pretty well-paying jobs. Like paramedics probably pay decent, but the one chick's a nurse. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about um, that everybody needs two jobs. You know, that's like something that's happening in the world now. <laughs> Maybe they just love work so much. Maybe so. Losers. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> but also like two of their jobs help facilitate this group too because they work in healthcare in emergency services. Okay, can I ask you a question? Yes. Because I was reading something about this online that said uh-huh. the nurse was newly initiated into the group at the start of the movie. Did you have mm-hmm. any idea that that happened? Am I just dumb and I, missed something? No, I don't believe that to be true, but I believe I also read that. Okay. I'm glad you also don't believe it because I was like, this cannot be true, right? They don't give too much like history. We kind of start where we are and move forward. Yeah, true. But one thing he does say when... Okay, so the leader is played by the paramedic, the leader of the group. And he's the one who says, we're going to name ourselves the Alps. And when he says that, he says, oh, you know, we've been searching for a name for such a long time. And this is the name that I've settled on. So that's like the only implication I think that we get that they've even had like a history, that they're not just starting now. They have some kind of history as a group. Yeah, that's true. They're also in the press kit. Apparently were 15 rules for this group. That were sent out. And that's the only mention of these rules I've ever seen. They're not in the movie, but I have them. I have them and I'm not going to read them all, but a couple of them come into play throughout the film. Don't have I can, sex if with you... your client? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically that's one of them. Never... Also, there. Hmm. Oh, I was just, I was going to make a bad joke about that they have three more rules than Jordan Peterson. So <laughs> any young Wait, men out there. Mean? Jordan Peterson had that book, 12 Rules for Life. <laughs> oh, I don't know. bless you for not that's a joke for the smart people the readers out there i don't know if i would i don't know if i would say that (laughs) what is it i think who's jordan peterson are you really not know who jordan peterson is (laughs) oh my god he's a professor or was is will always be i don't know a professor at university of toronto who like 
who who refused to use preferred pronouns and he sounds like Kermit the Frog and he just has all of these insane sound clips that go around the internet every I don't know week. I don't know this guy. Mm. He sounds he sounds like this. <laughs> oh, he also fam- I don't, he I don't keep up with hateful content. He famously cries at Disney movies because of their like beauty. And like what they represent about the old world. Okay, interesting. He also, um, <laughs> he also got mad that he got a ban from Twitter and <laughs> made these psychotic videos. How many videos. facts are we getting? <laughs> I just have to do this one impression. He he, does, <laughs> he posted this psychotic video where it just uh-huh. ended with him being like, "Up yours, woke moralists." <laughs> Okay, that was worth it. <laughs> and and the whole 12 rules for life thing, the whole 12 rules for life thing was like basically shit like clean your room, like wash your dishes, okay. and then and then also like women are chaos dragons. <laughs> this rocks. <laughs> yeah, so what I was going to say so is So go buy um, his book. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> what I was going to say is that, you know, his whole thing is like self-improvement but he couldn't even write as many rules as alps did so alps kind of <laughs> hell yeah although i don't know what what year is all this book and shit happening oh true i don't know i don't know that much but whenever he gets <laughs> wow you know his opinions gets, on disney movies but you don't know what year this book came out <laughs> <laughs> listen i only i only know what i know uh-huh what else were you going to say? You had something else. It's also funny to to really say things like, clean your room, piggy. <laughs> sort of mix the two <laughs> personas together. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I get paid to think. <laughs> and now you can turn brain off. We're off the clock. Yeah. <laughs> after hours, after dark, etc. Um, and do stupid shit with me. Podcasting after dark. <laughs> well, famously, my my uh, last segment of the show, which you wouldn't know because you only listen to half an episode, is called Scream Vomit After Ooh. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I've only been doing it for three and a half years. You'll get it one day. <laughs> oh, my God. I deserve this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, can I guess more rules? So one is absolutely no sexual... No sexual behavior with clients, right? Well, it's a little more than it, it like is that, but it's a little more must never get emotionally involved with clients or have intimate relations with them. Okay. Is okay, the rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Guess another one. Oh, um, you didn't have any guesses. <laughs> that's just the only one that seems so obvious. I don't know. Um, you asked to guess. I know. I know. Really egg on my face moment here. Maybe you, 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 okay. Another one has to be, you can't, you can't, you can't do this without telling the rest of the group, right? Something along the lines of like, you can't go rogue and do this on your own. Cause isn't that the whole like drama at the end? Well, not at the end, but throughout the whole. I don't think it's technically a rule though. Interesting. Okay. What are the other ones? I really want to know. You want to know all of them? Well, would I have guessed them if I didn't? Like from the movie, could you infer these or are they all just like, you know, kind of like a... I think a couple you could infer, a couple are like you would never, ever guess. 
Okay, okay so here are the, the ones, ones that I, I think never, are. Ever guess. I'm going to tell you the ones I think are important to our future discussion, and then I'll tell you the rest. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one is can never talk Alps activities with non-Alps members. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That one. That one. Yeah. Don't talk Fight Club, etc. Um, <laughs> should always be smart, clean, punctual, and in complete control. Okay. Must be able to make convincing facial expressions such as sadness, happiness, despair, etc. Okay. Which I don't think anybody in this film does. um must honor the title of their membership and be ready to kill or die for it holy shit okay (laughs) and must never attack another alps member and must believe in teamwork that's one rule okay weird that that's one but i know and then other ones include cannot change physical appearance without the leader's permission, like dyeing your hair, losing or gaining weight, wearing colored contact lenses. One is must be over 14 years of age. One is obliged to take the gymnastics club test if necessary. One is must respect other Alps members, is obliged to support under all circumstances the interests of the Alps group, must have some basic knowledge of psychology and sociology, must also declare in advance the things he or she is good at by filling out form two, e.g. <laughs> dancing, water skiing, discussing, etc. And must declare in advance the things he or she is unwilling to do by filling out form one, e.g. kissing, lifting weights, traveling, etc. I read those in reverse order. So those are the rules. Written by Mont Blanc, leader of the Alps group, January 2008. It's signed. <laughs> it's oh signed 2008, God. even though this didn't come out till... T- Actually, so there's our timeline. It's oh, signed yeah. 2008... Although this didn't come out till 2012. So I guess they've been doing this for four years. Yeah. At least. Well, it depends. Did the movie actually take place in 2012? Or maybe like we still don't at, really know. At best, right? I think it took place in 2011. Because it would have been doing festivals in 2011. So 2010 or 2011. Imagine making a movie in 2012 and setting it in 2008. <laughs> like four years earlier for no reason. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I do like... I don't remember the lobster enough to say this certainly, but I, I seem to have the same vibe of that all of his movies have this like, you don't really know when it is or where it is or why, it, right? Like there's there's no like branding on anything. There's no mm. there's mm-hmm. no signs of like... They live in their own universe. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, they exist in their own timeline outside of society. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that because that's what I mean. Like there's there's really no indication of when it takes place. Yeah. I mean, maybe I like see. some of the yeah. technology, but... yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> oh, also, after this film was made, they discovered that there is a company in, uh, I think, Japan that hires actors to behave like wives in real life. So they were like, that's fucked up, that there is Oof. kind of this thing. The point of this movie wasn't that this was a good thing that we should put all through society to have deceased actors. Ultimately, it's bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, it's bad. Well, they... Yeah, I don't know how 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 deep we want to go at this moment, but it is know, just like a it's just like a <laughs> fucked up it's just like a fucked up thing to have to do as like a person, right? To to sort It's of, a fucked up thing to have to do as a person, but also like is it even helpful to the grieve right, the people who are right. grieving? That's yeah. what I mean. It's it's fucked up on both Which ends. Which it never right? even really answers. Yeah. Yeah, the only <laughs> one that seemed like they were doing kind of okay was the dancing guy to me. The coach? No, no, no. Like the one that went to the dance hall and danced with the Oh, the dad. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know if he's a client or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the members of this group, we've kind of sort of mentioned a couple, kind of sort of not. So we have a gymnast girl who does like ribbon dancing. Yeah. And she has a coach. So they're kind of like a little pair. 
a coach who she has like a uh how would you characterize their relationship not great (laughs) (laughs) um i would say that it's unclear why i mean he's mean he's mean to her and like abusive uh mean mm-hmm. is yeah i was gonna say mean is an understatement he's, he's definitely abusive. yeah i mean what the first scene he he hits her right i don't remember if he hits her but i know he like threatens her really seriously mm, and is okay, like i'll yeah. cut off your arms and legs and yeah. whatever he says just yeah. because she wants to dance to a pop song but he will only let her dance to classical music yeah i mean that like that being the opening scene i was just like what <laughs> what the fuck is happening like Hell yeah! Why is why are, <laughs> why is she ribbon dancing to this? Not only like classical song, but it's like it's like the song they play for like to pump the crowd up in sports stadiums. Is it? What yeah. song is it? I wish I, I knew what it was called. Name. Yeah, I I my first note is literally look up name of pump up song, but I never <laughs> looked it up. <laughs> I wonder if it says on IMDb. Also, my second note was me laughing at the coach saying, "You're not ready for pop." <laughs> and you said damn that hits me hard <laughs> yeah oh fortuna carmina barana uh so yeah it's the song oh fortuna oh fortuna plays and she's like she's fucking pissed this this old old fucking coach comes and she's he's like you did good and she's like i don't give a shit i want to do pop and he's mm-hmm. like and he says oh i don't know what a greek accent sounds like <laughs> and i probably shouldn't do it on mic but he says you're not ready for pop and then she's mm-hmm. like you suck, old man, and then he gets abusive. So that's that's the start of the movie. Well, he was like, he implies that he will he will know when she's ready. Oh, that's for right. Pop. Yeah, he will say so, yeah. when she's right. ready for pop. He's the only one who knows. Yeah, yeah, which is also just like hilarious. This old man being like, I know when you're ready for pop. Yeah, <laughs> and we have no idea what his credentials are. We don't see him with any other gymnasts. That's right. Gymnasts. Okay, too long on the opening scene. (laughs) (laughs) The third guy of the crew is the paramedic who we've talked about is the leader. We kind of cut from that to this scene of him in the back of an ambulance with a patient who has been hit by a car, teen girl. Um, And then the fourth person is the nurse who is also plays the older sister in Dogtooth. She's my favorite. I love her so much. She's so good. Yeah, she rules. Psycho, but she rules. Yeah. (laughs) She's such... Her brand of acting is so her own. I don't think anybody else could do it like her. She's amazing. All right. So from this point, we're set up with what the fuck are the Alps. So I think at this point, maybe we can make more comparisons between this and Dogtooth because they're so apparent just from the setup of the film. Um, And so you've seen Dogtooth. I've seen Dogtooth. What are your first thoughts? I know you had thoughts earlier. It's interesting because, right, Dogtooth is so like, I mean, you get a little bit outside with the dad, but you're you're at the Mm -hmm. house like you're clearly in this weird like parallel world. You you don't really understand why they're doing the things. They never sort of give you anything as to why certain yeah. things are happening. I mean, you can there are things that might make you think one thing or the other, but at the end of the day, like this is really isolated to this one weird family mm-hmm. that doesn't really interact with the world outside. Yeah. But Alps kind of takes that same idea, but now it says, let's get this weird sort of insular group and let's have them interact with the outside world and see what mm-hmm. sort of takes place. Philanthemos kind of considers them opposites in, the, yeah, in well, so, think... sort of the way that you're saying. So like yeah. where Dogtooth is like a person trying to escape a fictitious world. Alps is about people trying to enter sort of yeah. fictitious yeah. world. Yeah. I think that's right. And both are driven to madness in their journey by the same person. 
<laughs> yeah, it is because in both, like, obviously we don't get the outside world much in in Dogtooth, but in both of them, mm-hmm. there's just like not a single indicate. Like I t- brought this up earlier, but there's not a single indicator of like any corporation existing, any like mm. any brand existing, except. Okay, this this like I don't know if you know the reason behind this, but in Dogtooth, the only logo you see is on the sisters' bathing suits. It's an Adidas. They're both Adidas bathing suits, and really? for some reason, it's like <laughs> yeah. I I'm glad I I'm glad we're talking about Dogtooth because this like drove me crazy. I didn't look up if there's a reason for this, but literally all you see is the Adidas logo on these two bathing suits, and then maybe a little bit when the dad's out and about, but. I, I found that very striking, right? Because you're so used to not seeing anything that when you do see something, yeah. it... I'm surprised I didn't notice that because I used to work for Adidas and I hate them so much that I always oh, no. notice when I see their... What? I'm glad I'm not wearing any Adidas now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been boycotting Adidas for, let's say, 12 years, ever since I worked there in terrible conditions for three years. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not looking at a pair of Adidas shoes at my feet right now. <laughs> Well, you know, you live your life, but I'm just saying I don't I don't support them. Yes, yes, it's good to have principles. I should have And more. I and I am surprised that I I cuz I just <laughs> I'm only recently finding out how much stuff that I cuz I don't really think about it. I just you know, it's like for instance, we haven't eaten meat in so long. You don't even think about it anymore, right? right? It's like yeah. doesn't even it doesn't occur to you that meat is like a food. So like there's yeah. so much stuff that like I just like boycott and I don't even think about it. It doesn't exist That's to me right. anymore. But lately, something that has just randomly happened on the podcast several times is what just happened where somebody mentioned something and I go, oh, I've actually been boycotting them for 12 years. And I, but I just never <laughs> think about it. Yeah. But it turns out that I boycott a lot of stuff. Wow. <laughs> And I just don't think about it. So I'm wondering if I, I boycott know, stuff and I don't think about it. Yeah. Since we're sort of at the start of the movie again. Yeah. The line that like tripped me up. Oh, I guess we were talking okay, about the, it's right at the, the beginning. dog tooth, but whatever. But the line yeah. that tripped me up is, so the woman in the ambulance is a tennis uh-huh. player. I don't know if that was mentioned explicitly yet. Yeah. And she gets taken to the hospital and her parents show up. And then the nurse goes out and starts talking to them. And one uh-huh. of the first questions she asks is, does your daughter have a favorite wristband? <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. Like, Is that I, what she I, says? Yes. Yeah. Because I thought they just give her a wristband and then they say it's her favorite wristband. I No, I think that's later. And like she brought it up initially or something. Interesting. I'm, I'm fairly certain because I, I my note is like, is favorite wristband a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well maybe maybe it's because she's a tennis player and I, they do those I mean, like sweat sweat wristband things yeah yeah i i mean i'm certain and that's, that's what, what it is, is ultimately right yeah but but just in that moment i was just like <laughs> favorite wristband she's a she's a player and they have those things allegedly and we're not sportsmen we don't think about them allegedly she's good yeah allegedly alleged, allegedly her mother was like a pro or something Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to make it known that one, <laughs> You've been I'm watching this wristband I'm, comment. Yeah, I'm watching this very <laughs> serious movie and just thinking, is uh-huh. favorite wristband a thing? And then, of course, when the wristband shows up, I was hooting and hollering. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, there it is. 
Hell yeah, I love to hoot and holler for a wristband watching a Yorgos <laughs> Lanthimos movie. <laughs> Chekhov's wristband. That's amazing. Okay, what the only other thing I was going to say about the comparisons to Dogtooth, and then we can move on from it, is that they're both, both of these films are really heavily based on lies, not just like people being liars or lying, but like their entire reality is a lie, which is kind of interesting thing to explore and then secondly they're both kind of about an alternate family sort of group that operates according to their own set of rules and Mm. uh is unsettling (laughs) unsettling (laughs) and settling to like our sense of what is even just like normal basic human interaction (laughs) but also in every way so it's just interesting that they're so similar and they came out maybe two years apart and i like dog too so much better but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I did want to say that. But yeah. Well, especially agree? watching them back to back, like, you know, just, you know. You can see have... where the strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I've seen also, Dogtooth a lot of times because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Right away. Okay, so I, I haven't said this explicitly, but my PhD is in linguistics. So I'm just a nerd about everything language related. This is this is for the oh, normals uh, Normals out there. might remember. What's the movie? Arrival? We did Arrival yeah. for the pod. And uh, I mentioned my friend who studies linguistics in that, and that would be this friend here, Scott Nelson. Go ahead. That's right. Expanding the screen vomit universe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh (laughs) No, I I was obsessed in Dogtooth with, they never explain it, but they have these language tapes they listen to, but the Mm -hmm. words are are wrong. The word replacement. Uh Yeah, the word replacement. But it's seemingly arbitrary too. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just obsessed with that. Like, for me, if nothing else, that's my favorite part of Dogtooth or Alps was just like, yeah. especially when you see the, um, when you see it happen live, right? Like, towards the middle end of mm-hmm. Dogtooth when, I don't know. I, I mean, I know one that, the, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were thinking about it. <laughs> I know when like, Scott's thinking about that pussy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, or she's like, what's a pussy? <laughs> and the mom's like, it's a lamp. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Okay, this rules. And he said, that's true. That's my experience. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I oh, the the mom is just being nice and telling and informing her her daughter about a new word. Yeah. Okay, but this is this is the Alps podcast, not the Dog Tooth podcast. This is Alps so, and not the Dog Tooth podcast. Although it's becoming a combo app. <laughs> but I think um, we'll move on from the Dog Tooth because it, yes. it doesn't really it doesn't right. stay that you know close to it but yeah. there's just comparisons that have to be named <laughs> yeah uh, before absolutely. we can move on from them yeah mm-hmm. so we got some clients we can meet some clients um yeah, i think the first one we meet the first one we meet is just a consultation uh That's and right. i think this is kind of this is where you find out fully like the explanation of what they're doing i think because mm-hmm. when you see the consultation you see this guy come in and sort of describe his friend t to b what he was like his mannerisms his quirks stuff he would say and then the leader guy brings in another man and says eh? like <laughs> yeah. puts a hat on him and goes is this good enough <laughs> I thought Basically. that was so funny. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, that'll do." <laughs> the hat is almost like comically small on his head, and he has doesn't he have hair? He has he has yeah. like big hair. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, that's how we kind of like get a real idea 
of what they're doing. And then we just see it yeah. played out, practiced um, a yeah. bunch of times after that. We got like a blind lady who... The blind lady hires both the coach person and the nurse, right? That's right? Somebody's playing her husband and the nurse is playing like a best friend. And then we have the lamp store guy who speaks English. That's right. And the nurse plays like his mistress, his apparently dead mistress. <laughs> what did he kill his mistress? I we wasn't quite sure what happened there, yeah. Or maybe there, seems like... I was, there was the scene in the shop, right? <laughs> Which like, I want to talk about the end of that scene because I... We'll get to that it, later. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the future. <laughs> also, also... I uh, thinking about that pussy. <laughs> yeah. Also, if we want to talk about sort of continuing <laughs> themes between Dogtooth and... <laughs> helps. Uh, yeah. And if I'm remembering correctly, the lobster, mm-hmm. my man loves... To have men go down. We'll talk on about that later. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But no, be- before that, in the lamp store, they were they were kind of doing a scene, right? Like she was mm-hmm. leaving or something. So I didn't know if that was maybe she had left and like he was just trying to process it or something by doing it a bunch of oh, times okay. or what? Yeah, I wasn't quite okay. sure what was going on there. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. It never occurred to me to think about how did all of these people die that they are replacing some mm-hmm. of them we know like we know the one girl was the tennis player who died in the hospital we know yeah. that we know probably the blind lady's husband is just old i don't know but like the mistress yeah. we kind of see a violent interaction between her and the blind woman later on yeah that's did the right. blind woman kill her did the guy kill his mistress are these people just replacing people that they murdered <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah i mean in some sense in some sense to be an effective group Alps has to have low morals, right? For because it's not like a bunch of people are seeking this out, right? They sort of have mm-hmm. to take whoever they can get. So, and sometimes they are seeking out the clients. Like that's right. In yeah. the case of the tennis girl, they become kind of like obsessed with her since she comes into the hospital yeah. um, because they think she will die. So they're kind of like the leader guy. Also, none of the characters have names, by the way. Should mention, yeah. I normally am bad with names and I never call the characters their names, but they literally don't have names in this movie. So yeah. I'm scot-free on this one. So the leader guy goes to the nurse and says, this person's kind of fucked up. They're probably going to die. Why don't you work the family, basically? Mm-hmm. So sometimes they are even scouting their clientele. Yeah, so they become kind of obsessed with this tennis girl. I love the scene of the nurse playing tennis with her in the oh hospital bed. God. I think yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> because she's She's like fucked up. We I, we don't know all of her injuries, but she has like internal bleeding. She's like doing bad and she can't yeah. really move. So they just like plant a tennis racket in her hand and throw a ball at her. What, what's even better is that she misses yeah. one time from like yeah. a foot away. Uh, <laughs> I could watch that on loop forever, I think. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And what a great idea. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I love that. And then we get another little vignette with the gymnast like fucking up one of her client things where she didn't say a line she was supposed to. And when her coach says he's going to have to tell the boss about it, she's upset that she won't get to play the car accident girl too. So they're all kind of like really like anticipating having this car accident client, Mm -hmm. this car accident victim who plays tennis. (laughs) (laughs) So she does end up dying and the nurse is there at the time and offers her services first so the other girl doesn't even get a chance to be 
the tennis girl. And she gives a breakdown two to three hours a week. And she's offering the first four sessions for free. So she's really obsessed with this family. Yeah. This was part of my like trying to figure out how much these sessions actually cost. Because like Mm. if you can do the first four free, like either you really want it or, you know, the next four are going to be like multiple thousands each. Right. So you just. Well, I was thinking because. So the nurse ends up lying to the rest of the group and telling them that the car accident girl miraculously recovered. She's going to live. Forget about her. But she secretly takes the job. And so I was thinking that because she's so determined and attached to this girl, she's so determined to take the job that she is offering them for free, not as standard practice, but as desperation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. We also see the uh, gymnast get tortured a little bit, too, from fudging up those lines, by the way. Uh, hanging upside yeah. down from her ankles and being made to say the lines over and over again. Gorgeous. <laughs> the gymnast really, uh, I mean, she's clearly the youngest, right? I mean, there's a lot of oh, layers yeah. of We don't a lot know of layers how, but she has to be at least 14. 14, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 14 or over. Mm-hmm. But she's by far treated the worst overtly yeah. in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And then we also meet a dad character, the nurse's dad, that she sort of takes care of and lives with, allegedly. So the structure becomes like a little bit repetitive, where it just goes back and forth between scenes of the group together at the gym, scenes of the nurse at home with her dad, and then interspersed with little vignettes of the Alps people doing their business but every time that the same kind of scene is shown over again every time we go back to the gym every time we go back to her and her dad or her with another client it's escalated a little bit into something a little crazier so it's just like a slow escalation every time we return to each of these areas too which is interesting and to the point where sometimes the lines get kind of blurred on when are they in character when are they normal acting of their own volition their own brain doing the stuff they want to do a lot of boundaries get a little blurred as we go on one that was like very when are they working when are they not working was Mm -hmm. so the the coach his barber dies at one point Mm -hmm. and he's like upset by this and Mm -hmm. maybe mount blanc the leader was like are you gonna go the funeral and he's like, no, why would I go to the funeral? He just like doesn't know how to grieve. And mm-hmm. I guess to fully tell this story, there's another fairly large plot point that needs to be mentioned, which is the nurse walks into the gym to find the... Um, we didn't get there yet. Yeah, I know. But, it, but now <laughs> I need... I, 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 well, Can we hit one thing in between there, the here and there, which is yeah, the course. sex scenes? Oh, yes. Yes. Wait, scenes? <laughs> Did I miss one? Can we hit the pussy first? <laughs> oh my god. Um, there's two. <laughs> there's two. Uh-huh. Oh. There's the scene at the blind lady's house and yeah, there's the yeah, scene yeah, with yeah, the lamp yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So put so, a pin in what you were about to say and we'll go to these sex scenes. Okay. Well, one is related to the sex. It was related to the sex scene. Okay. So let's just talk about the lamp. The, let's just talk about the lamp guy yeah. and then the other stuff. Because, okay, so we're first, maybe not first, <laughs> but part of the introduction to the lamp guy is yeah. he goes to the beach with the nurse and oh, watches yeah. the nurse swim. And mm-hmm. he asks her, Are you cold? Like, well, okay, so I was going to compliment how much I love the sound design in this movie mm-hmm. because it was very like realistic and roomy and like not it was a vibe overdubbed. yeah except yeah. for the beach scene where it's so windy out 
but they have this perfect conversation from like mm, 30 feet away. Yeah. But he asks her if she's cold and she's like, no, of course not. And I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, it's super windy. He's wearing a jacket. Like, how mm-hmm. is she not cold? And then it's revealed like, you know, winter swimmers can't be cold or she says something like that. Which So I assume that's part yeah. of the personality of, of this woman she's trying to emulate. Yeah, yeah. But before then, they go to dinner, right? And he gives the most fucking boring explanation about different like lighting types. Yeah. (laughs) Different lamps. (laughs) And he expects her to have them memorized too. Yeah. At this point, I wrote down, people really just want someone to listen to their boring bullshit. (laughs) Like like at the end of the day, that's all we really want, right? It's true. It's true. Like we're all fucking boring. We just want someone who will like smile and say AKA yes my I lo- podcast thank you <laughs> oh, come on, come on. <laughs> um, i force people to sit here and listen to me talk about my boring bullshit <laughs> but it also it's also a bit endearing right like you especially for like this was a r- romantic relation mm-hmm. of some type like you know just finding someone who will i don't know it's an honor to be you. the person that someone shares their bo- boring bullshit with yeah yeah i think both ways right like accepting yeah. your your partner or whoever's i mean it doesn't even need to be romantic like just a friend like Mm -hmm. this person's boring bullshit and also i like that they care about me enough to share this fucking dumb shit i don't know it's it's just weird human hours right now on the (laughs) on the pod (laughs) yeah yeah but oh my god it was the most it was the most boring conversation at the dinner yeah though like like yeah and he's just like telling her different types of lamps Mm -hmm. yeah or lighting. Um, mm-hmm. But then we get to the actual lamp store and that's where the... Yeah. <laughs> they first reenact a fight scene. Yes. We don't and always I, know like if if they're reenacting something that already happened, if they are like a rewriting history or what's happening. It seems like sometimes could be a little bit of one or the other. We don't always know. But they do reenact or enact a fight twice yeah the scene in the lamp store was like a tommy wiseau movie (laughs) part (laughs) of it was that she delivers the the line yeah Mm -hmm. yeah part of it was this just like clearly accented english you know because like Mm -hmm. tommy wiseau has because they're greek okay be racist against them Mm -hmm. (laughs) redacted <laughs> um but yeah it, it was it was it They're was non-native giving me strong English speakers mm-hmm. yeah it was giving me strong tommy wiseau vibes <laughs> but it was great like i loved that's it. what i think that main girl that main yeah. girl who's also in Dogtooth has like an exceptional ability to deadpan deliver stuff and i think yeah. that's like that's such a it's like weirdly a hard thing to do to deliver something completely emotionless and deadpan in such a way that she does only she can do it i think but she does it great in this scene. Yeah, yeah. No, I, this scene is like great. Like, I don't know if your listeners will understand that me saying something like is a like a Tommy Wiseau movie is a compliment. <laughs> like, I consider that a compliment. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. It's Just one like, of a kind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they reenact this fight and then the dude gets super horny, goes into fuck mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yorgos has this thing where... He does this in a lot of movies where he has these types of sex scenes that are so like frank and mechanical and intentional and uncomfortable, like couldn't be less like passionate, couldn't be less sexy. Um, They're just very like matter of fact. Same with the violence, actually. 
that it's so just like matter of fact it's almost not impactful at all there's almost no emotion attached to it it just happens it is you know you never see sex like that in film yeah it's it's very striking right they just like yeah especially especially in alps we're like Ultimately, it seems the whole goal of the organization is to create these like emotion filled moments with the clientele. Mm -hmm. And this is just like going off book to have the least emotional (laughs) moment of all time, like to the point to the point that she's just laughing through all of it. Right. Like, yeah, like he he wants to feel like a god. (laughs) And she's Mm -hmm. just like, come on, guy, come on. He makes her say please don't you stop it feels like heaven that's the line he makes her say <laughs> and she it feels says it like, like three or four times yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's so and good. starts laughing it's laughing mm-hmm. yeah i mean my thought was like he was gonna freak out because she started laughing but it's also mm-hmm. like great that the shot is literally just her like cackling almost and then it just cuts out like yeah. a small wink <laughs> to the audience that yes this is as absurd as you think it is yeah it's absurd for her too (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and she also mentions even though like the rules aren't an official part of the movie or like at least they're never mentioned in the movie they are i guess officially affiliated she mentions that if the boss found out that they would have to end their arrangement yeah that's right so so she knows that there is a rule that they're not allowed to have sexual engagement but yeah. she carries on so that's anyway. That's why I was so good at guessing that one rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then at the blind lady's house, she also has to do another sex scene where she pretends to have an affair with the blind lady's husband, who is also the coach because they she's hired two surrogates. Yeah. So just like another, they're all breaking the rules. And it's just like an escalation of expectations from her too. Yeah. So my, my memory was that this happened right after the haircut scene. Because it kind of like went right in from the haircut mm. scene into that. That's what that's where I was kind of going, where you sort of mm-hmm. had these like blurred lines between are they working? Like, you know, when are they working? What are they doing? Because the nurse walks into the gym to find the gymnast has attempted to hang herself. And mm-hmm. she she basically saves her. And what was the reason? And because she can't do a pop song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So like the the turmoil, the inner turmoil of what they receive emotionally from their clients and that is affection, that's spite, that's whatever it is for being someone else. They're getting attention for being someone else. You're getting affection for being someone else. It starts driving them crazy, everything that's going on with them. And that's like the first, I guess the the sex stuff is like a small indicator, but this uh, attempted suicide is like, a larger indicator that they are going crazy from what's happening to them (laughs) yeah because what we see so so my my question that i still Mm -hmm. don't really have an answer for is so after this happens so we know already that the barber of the coach died yeah and we see the nurse and the coach at lunch or something and Mm -hmm. the nurse is like upset about what what just happened upset for her I don't know, would we call her a friend, a coworker, a colleague? <laughs> like, what's the, colleague? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And she says to the coach, like, I will do anything. <laughs> like, she literally says, I will do anything. And it sort of like mm-hmm. sets you up to think that they're going to have this like weird, gross sex. Yeah. But instead, he asks her to give him a haircut. Mm-hmm. But then this scene 
rolls right into the like blind lady sex scene that's why i was like it's it's kind of a weird Mm -hmm. like juxtaposition of everything like when are they working when are they not working like are they supposed to be you know having these lunches and intimate hair cutting sessions Well, it was yeah, like it looked like it was in yeah. a hotel room, right? Like, so so they really it did, play yeah. it like you know they're gonna they're gonna have this just like weird, gross <laughs> sex. They're playing, then, they're toying with expectations. Yeah, yeah you yes. expect them Class- to have sex, but instead, mm-hmm, classic something movie else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like is she then a surrogate for his barber? Like, right, is he exactly. sort of in a way like hiring her service? to be his barber who died who he he was like I've never gone to another barber in my life I would never go to another barber um I can't go to my barber shop and that barber just not be there that's weird so he's made it a point to say that he will only let this one person cut his hair so in the scene you know that she is being that one person but this is yeah. also why it's this <laughs> This is also why it's weird because it does roll right in the sex scene. And then so is he mm-hmm. thinking, am I fucking my barber? <laughs> <laughs> She's off the clock for the barber hours at that point and on the clock for BFF hours, BFF mistress hours. Yeah. I also did not realize that woman was blind until I was reading stuff about it after the fact. So Really? <laughs> so all of my analysis now, <laughs> please uh, take with a grain of salt. <laughs> wow. Okay. I felt like they mentioned it. Somehow I picked it up and I'm stupid. So it must have been mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And and she has to read an article to the lady who kind of like yeah, stares I, into oh. space at all times. Yeah. She reads oh an article God. about Winona Ryder. How did I not put that? <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is nice. She's reading the article for her friend. <laughs> Like I thought they were just like like <laughs> that was just what they did. They read together. And so Aw, I love your idea of friendship. Uh, yeah, next time next time we hang out I'm just gonna read you articles. Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> so the nurse also losing her damn mind becomes like addicted to being that one family's dead daughter, the dead car accident victim slash tennis player. Yeah. She misses an Alps meeting because she's cuddling with the tennis girl's dad and then lies to the leader about it and says that she was working and had to cover for someone. And so that makes him suspicious and he starts to follow her around. Yeah. And she goes back again to that house to meet that girl's boyfriend because her surrogacy includes dating the guy that that girl was dating, the teenage girl was dating. Um, yep. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they do a whole reenactment with the parents who like catch them making out or whatever, catch him being in her room. And that's the end of that session, but she invites that boy to her house afterwards, which is another like, is she the character? Is she her? We don't know anymore. Yeah. Because he's a teen yeah. and she's like, all right, she's like in her 30s or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. They go back to her place and I just, I just love the like youthful conversation with her dad. Like, I'm going to play music. Just let me know if it's too loud. <laughs> like, Yeah. But then you also got to be like, okay, so she says that's her dad. They do all this stuff about, oh, your mom would have done this and whatever. But is he also a client? We kind of don't know. Right. Especially because we know that she already lies about her clientele to the other, to the rest of the group. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's intentional. We kind of don't know. 
Yeah. So with this like relationship she starts with this teen boy, <laughs> she kind of fully she fully makes the move from reality world to fiction world and it just kind mm-hmm. of sp- continues to spiral from here. Yeah. She even tells her dad that they she's like, "Oh, he's younger than I am, but we're such a good match because we have so much in common." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what do they have in common? We don't know. Um she lies about where they met. I think we see her cry once. While she's telling this lie, she starts to cry while eating. So she's breaking. It's kind of unclear if any of them have like actual home lives. Like, do they have families? Do they have friends? Or is everything we see of them part of them being something else? Part of them imitating someone else? There's one part where she goes to visit. The nurse goes to visit the younger girl at her house or at wherever, whatever house she was at, I guess. And she tells her mom, this is a friend from school and she can't come out and play right now. Well, I was trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. What was that? The tennis player girl's house? Like they had replaced her with the gymnast? Because that's right when she gets so. caught. Because right after, right, you go back to the gym and she... Um, yeah, I mm. wasn't certain that that was the case, but it almost seemed like it. Because again... Again, that why did not the, occur to me at all, but that that would make sense. Why why would the family be mad at the end, right? Like, well, other than other than breaking their glass door and sneaking into the house in the middle of the night, why would they be mad? You know, like. Well, I think those are pretty valid reasons. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't understand why they were mad. All she did was break their entire door down, um, come into their house, and chill in their dead daughter's room. I'd, why would they be mad yeah. about that? Yeah, why would they? I mean, <laughs> completely I don't know. If it, unreasonable. It could make sense either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It could make sense either way. Either that girl was playing the tennis girl or she was being herself yeah. in her home. And either way makes sense. Because the leader was also following her. Mm-hmm. So he knows where she's been going. Yeah. It is weird to think that they have normal home lives too, though, because if they have full-time jobs and Alps duties, like... How do you explain that to the, you know the rest of your family like Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've got a uh, I've got poker night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, ha- and and when do you night. ever have time to be who you are? Well, I mean, I think this does raise that question of like when do we when do we ever have time to be who we are? <laughs> Damn, that's fucking so true. <laughs> <laughs> Real fucking Reddit big brain. Shit. Galaxy brain, yeah. okay so the bat scene with the leader who brings the nurse into a room with a bat or a club or whatever you want to call this thing some sort of weapon a blunt weapon and says if it changes to red it means you're too unreliable to stay with our group anymore yeah and it doesn't change it stays looking the same but he does whopper in the head with it real good um And then says that it it turned red and she has to go. But it's the same like your ghost matter of fact violence where it's very blunt. It's very unemotional and that just happens. And then she leaves the room. It's not like a big outburst. There's no like struggle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It, yeah. It just I mean, like everything, it just happens. Right. And then it's over. There's yeah. Like there's no I mean, there is fallout from it, but there's just like in the moment, there's like zero reaction to it. It's just like, yeah, it's very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about this, though. If Alps is so secretive, Mm -hmm. how do they just kick someone out? Like, don't you think it would be a much bigger like deal? Like we're kicking you out. If you ever mention this to anyone, we'll fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to be ready to die for Alps. That was the rule. So why isn't death the (laughs) 
Maybe she just knows. They all seem yeah. like a little bit scared of him anyway. Yeah. What's his deal? It's never really said why they are. Yeah. I yeah, don't think they say. Deal? He just, I don't know. He's just a classic angry man leader. And if they if they disappoint him or if they break his bond in any way, it feels like they expect retaliation, even though we haven't seen retaliation from him. Really, yeah. except, well, I guess earlier we did see, like, the girl, the, the gymnast girl yeah. being hung by her feet. Yeah. So they know that there are rules that they need to stay within, and if they don't, they'll be punished, it yeah. seems. It's not really ever said why or, you know, laid out that, like, point A leads to point B, but you just kind of feel that hanging in the air. Mm-hmm. So she gets a huge gash, has to give herself stitches, and just kind of hides her oh, stitches yeah. with her hair. And at this point goes full psycho mode. <laughs> Absolutely. She tries to put moves on her dad. She tries to <laughs> grab his little, honk his little weenie, honk it on Bobo. He slaps her, says, no, no, no. She leaves her dad's house and goes to the dance night that he likes. They went to this dance night previously. And like basically slam dances with an old lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That scene ruled. Like I was, I was trying to see. <laughs> well, I was, it seemed like the music was speeding up and slowing down at very, like, I don't think it actually mm. was, but that was just like the headspace that it put me in that it was just like yeah. so jarring that it, it felt yeah. like time was just like sputtering around and like wasn't sort of moving in linear time. Like it was just sort of mm. speeding up, slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I, I mean, obviously she's in full psycho mode here, but as I said earlier, she still fucking rules. She's like throwing this lady <laughs> on the ground. like, And nobody's stopping them or like reacting yeah. to it at all in any way. Yeah. But yeah, she's absolutely yeah. throwing this old lady around, slamming her on the floor. <laughs> Basically ragdolling her. Yeah. I don't remember when it happened, but there is a scene earlier too where she also dances like a psycho, just not like throwing people around. But when she returns to, I think it's her dad's house. Right. She just suddenly starts like dancing like a psycho in front of him. Mm, mm-hmm. So like clearly she uses this as like, I don't know, a way to. <laughs> to... Well, all of these people are so emotionally stunted, right? Yeah. Like this might be the way yeah. that she just like gets out some of that. Just anything because mm-hmm. she's so all of them are so repressed. She also said the first time that she saw her dad doing the dance, she says like, oh, I didn't know you danced. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to dance with your mom back in the day or whatever. But yeah. that might be like another clue to like, is this her real dad or is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. A that guy, makes sense. A client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never really get full clarity on that. It's always kind of ambiguous. And then she does the breaking into the tennis girl's house, fully breaks into the house, goes and chills in her bed and puts perfume on and is straight chilling when she gets caught. <laughs> yeah. And dragged out of the house screaming her lines. It, there was such a big deal made about the lines, right? Like that was the reason the gymnast mm-hmm. got in trouble because she didn't match the lines. And then oh, yeah. also mm-hmm. the nurse, like we saw her do the same scene multiple times with the family. And mm-hmm. then she's also doing it as she's just being dragged out like, no, don't you remember? I know the lines. Yeah. But did you also notice that on the bed frame when she was breaking in and hiding, there were like stickers or something that said, who's that girl? Like no. I just thought that was that was just like a weird, like maybe intentional, just little thing that was included there. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You can definitely read who's that girl, like either on the bed frame or like on a picture right behind the bed frame. I'm thinking about like the general sets and kind of visuals of this movie 
they are kind of their own style. I thought the movie was quite like ugly to look at at a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, intentionally, like not a, yeah. not a like bad, you know, framing It's more like experimental. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just like very dull at times, very dark when it didn't need to be dark. Like, I think it just mm-hmm. is part of that. I don't know. Just like sort of setting the setting the mood. Yeah. There's just no no emotion anywhere. Yeah. The characters aren't always in full frame either. Yeah. Like sometimes you're just seeing part of a body and relying on the information that's being given from that. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting but not gorgeous, but it's definitely its own style. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm very much a fan of like nice beautiful looking movies Mm -hmm. but i'm more a fan of interesting things and this is yeah this is interesting so yeah hell yeah i was a big fan of the general sound and visual aspects of the film even though they're like they're just like so bland and boring but it just like is exactly (laughs) what it's exactly Uh what the movie needed right like this movie would have absolutely fucking right for the movie yeah. yeah, this movie would have sucked if it had like really, you know, beautiful sets and like really mm-hmm. like perfectly heard lines and like, but here you I just think get like. that's something that Yorgos is really skilled at too is like yeah. setting an entire atmosphere of a film, yeah. like how you're saying, like every single thing is sort of meticulously placed or meticulously framed or yeah. the sound and all that stuff. It all goes into one thing, the colors to match the tone and vibe of whatever film it is because they all have sort of a different style but they're all distinctly appropriate for the the whatever film they're in of his yeah i agree agree. so i think that's that's an area where he's very very skilled tone is probably his strongest attribute as a filmmaker that he's so adept at making these insane tones <laughs> and then yeah. being so consistent and so thorough with them. No, honestly, because I think I am bad at describing movies I like, I care I care way more about vibe than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like vibe, visual and audio stuff. And like even talking through this now, I was like, okay, this isn't the vibe I usually like, but it's so uniquely like a thing. Like mm-hmm. so in that regard, I I'm a fan now. You respect it more. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and maybe when you saw Dogtooth 2, which also has like a really distinctive style and vibe, maybe you also had those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. I mean, Dogtooth yeah. to me, like, yeah, I wouldn't say it's an all-time fave, but I clearly would like watch it again. So that's that's sort of high praise, right? Yeah. Dogtooth is an all-time fave for me. That's a five-star okay. film for me. I love it so much. Yeah. But also like his way of like all of these films, the premise is fucked up. What's happening to them is fucked up. But there's still like a lot of comedy involved with the tragedy. Like alongside the tragedy, there is even though the ways in which these people are reaching out for like human connection and and affection or whatever is like fucked up. It's still like somehow relatable or something you can identify like. In this movie, they are reaching for affection from people who don't want them to even be who they are, (laughs) who think they are a dead person, you know, and in Dogtooth, Mm -hmm. it's like their fucked up family having sex with their brother and stuff. (laughs) Then also like the violence aspect, all existing in one film. Yorgos always does that. He always has like all of these elements involved. It's such like a complete picture. It's such like something that could be so 
wildly variant uh, that he somehow like reigns in and makes one singular cohesive tone I think is just like the coolest thing about his films they're so unique in that way yeah and they're never that heavy yeah I mean that's the thing like this movie is about like you said you know people are searching for like the the Alps are trying to fill this this emotional need which clearly Mm -hmm. like they also need which is just like Mm -hmm. just the premise of the movie seems just like heartbreaking right and like yeah i don't know about you but i never felt heartbroken for a single moment watching this movie no and that's not to say that right it's bad because you don't feel that way it's just like it's that's how it's designed yeah it's wild to explore that idea in a way that like doesn't just like devastate the the viewer yeah like that that's wild (laughs) yeah and that's something i think is really special about his films that they yeah. explore heavy topics without feeling too heavy. Yeah, that's too. right. I mean, the fact yeah. that I could watch these two movies back to back and not, you know. <laughs> Want to kill yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so there's just the one little slice of this movie left, and then we've rolled creds, which is that very last scene with the gymnast doing her routine to a pop song as she's always wanted and hugging her little coach and saying you're the best coach in the world and then we roll creds and that's that sort of an anticlimactic ending yeah i I literally just wrote down what the fuck because like okay it's over (laughs) yeah what was the pop song by the way did you know what that was no i don't i was hoping it would be just something like really silly just to sort of loop back and being like this was all for like i don't know toxic by britney spears or something but it is kind of like even though it's not like a recognizable tune it is kind of like sounds like what would be like free on your keyboard midi or something like yeah yeah. (laughs) it like it like isn't that it isn't that interesting it isn't that exciting of a tune it's just like whatever plain like could be on youtube free music.com yeah (laughs) royalty free probably but she's so excited when she's doing the dance so yeah. I don't know. Again, you just want people to put up with your boring bullshit, which for her is <laughs> dancing. Is and we don't even know like this. what is the is there a performance even involved? Like she never right. performs for a crowd. She's just doing this in a gym by herself every time we see her. So like what is the stake here? As we far as we know, nothing. Yeah. All right, and then we roll creds. So that's the creds. Bada bing, bada boom, we finished the movie. I think I just have one other observation. It's not necessarily something we missed in the movie, but one thing also that I love about some of Yorgos's films a lot is the queer aspect. Like, I think his movies have a tendency to be really uniquely queer, uniquely and truly. Um, like, the the nurse in this who plays the older sister in Dogtooth is non-binary in Dogtooth. And, like, that was in 2009. We weren't even talking about non-binary, you know? So I think that that's one thing that maybe I missed from this film is I think it's like his only film that didn't feel like it really had a queer element to me. Yeah, I didn't pick up anything. Yeah. I was trying to like stretch my brain and see like, is there any way you could make this into like some kind of allegory for queerness or is there some kind of like uh, pretending to be someone you're not and having yeah. like stale <laughs> sex with people you don't want to just to please somebody else or I don't know, but every- everything just felt like too much of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. So that was one thing that I did miss from this film based on Yorgos's classic filmography and what I love about his movies. All right. So if you don't have any other thoughts, we can score this out of five. So what do you think out of five? Oh, no, I got to go first. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I think I think I'm gonna say. How do you normally do it? Full number, like do you do you halves? You can do halves if do you, you want. Quarters. Mm-hmm. No quarters, quarters, just halves. Okay. Holes and halves. Holes and halves. <laughs> Wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna say three and a half. Okay. Do you want to give justification? I think initially I was a little bit lower on it than that, actually. But our conversation discussion changed me up a you. little bit. Yeah. Huh. I just think, I think especially watching it after Dogtooth was detrimental here because I think on its own. You watched Dogtooth first. Yeah. 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 Like okay. back to back, basically. Mm-hmm. I think Dogtooth being just so great and so weird and so perfect, like so mm-hmm. perfectly weird that yeah. it's hard to look at this, you know. This right, feels like, like a disappointment after Dogtooth. Yeah, yeah. That's, they should have come out in reverse order. <laughs> yeah, because I think yeah. on its own, it's it's absolutely not fair to compare them. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think like, but it's just like knowing the like weird little perfect world that could have been like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like there were times where it just like it didn't quite get to the same yeah. highs that I was hoping it would get mm-hmm. to. And in you didn't fact, get as I mean, rock I know- hard during this movie. Hmm? <laughs> Uh, redacted (laughs) in some sense i wanted this movie to be more devastating than it was just because Mm -hmm. of the topic like like i thought it was great that you know he was able to not make it be that way but like you didn't need to feel devastated but you needed to feel something yeah basically Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't know like at the same time maybe that's what he wanted right to show just like like put the put the viewer in that sort of numb emotionless state that all of the characters seem to be in so i don't know maybe so i don't know either i mean yeah three and a half is is what i'm gonna say okay i'm gonna say three i think solid three there are a lot of things i respect about this film i do think i like it i like it better in analysis of it than my actual experience watching the movie I didn't enjoy that much of my experience watching the movie. I mean, it was fine, but I was frustrated with the first part because I didn't know what was going on for too long. And yeah, it is a little bit unaffecting. And I do wish it went harder. Yeah. I do think it could have gone harder. It feels weird. You you can't help but compare this to Dogtooth because Dogtooth is such a perfect movie and it did come out right before this. It feels backwards. Like Dogtooth feels like a progression from this, not what happened first. So it's strange like we got the scraps or something i think yeah this has got to be probably one of my least favorite yorgos i think but like i love his movies so much they're like all five stars for me so <laughs> well, yeah i mean that's the thing like like we're talking about this like it's a big disappointment but it's like at the end of the day yeah it's it's relatively disappointing rather than globally disappointing i think yeah like i would I... pick this movie over a lot of movies that i have seen like if i just had to watch something yeah again so yeah i don't know maybe 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 it's a rewatcher too right like maybe this one really needs a second viewing to have some mm. stuff sink in i don't know i kind of watched it twice okay. I, I i skim watched it the second time i kind of skipped around yeah. a little bit while i was doing my notes but i still i still kind of felt what i felt the first time i i just i feel like it could have gone harder it could have been a little more um yeah. i have a ranked yorgos list that also includes two of his shorts. Mm. And I have this at six out of eight of Yorgo's stuff that I've seen. So Kaneda, his feature, his first feature, I put below this. But I actually, I might have to rewatch that to properly rank it with this because it's been a while since I've seen that. And then Nimic, which is a short, I have mm. at eight. So I guess not the worst worst, but not my favorite by any means. 
not terrible. Would we recommend somebody else watches this? I would recommend somebody watches a supercut of her dancing for her dad, her dancing at the end. What was the other scene we were that I said I would watch on repeat forever. Now I'm drawing a blank. Oh, um, her deadpan delivery in the lamp store. That was, I think there was one other one though that, oh, why That's am I the one you blank? said. Okay. <laughs> I remember because yeah. I recorded it because I want to watch it forever. <laughs> so I think there are like little scenes that rule and that I would recommend watching. There are moments that rule, but yeah. yeah. Overall, but- does it work is it amazing the concept is great i think that's part of the reason why it's a bit of a letdown too is because like yeah the concept is so good in theory it's great yeah 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 but i just think it could have gone harder yeah i probably wouldn't recommend that people watch this movie but i would recommend basically any other yorgos movie (laughs) we're back here at the dog tooth podcast (laughs) dog tooth or or even l which i mentioned um i would probably recommend above this. L's not perfect either, but it is really interesting. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. So in this part of the podcast, we just talk about whatever else we've been watching lately, movie shows or whatever. So what you've been watching? So my two most recent watches, I watched Young Frankenstein mm-hmm. because okay. it's of your Halloween favorite. and in my favorite. Mm-hmm. Funniest movie of all time. Very stupid. I've never seen it. Oh my God. It's so good. I guess that's <laughs> what we should have done for this, right? <laughs> now we can't. I only do 10 years, but. Oh yeah, that's right. And and all my movies are 50 years. We can old. watch it someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> I watched I watched the Charlie Brown Halloween special also. Yeah. Because I am Charlie Brown incarnate, as some people know. <laughs> Do you win um, as Charlie Brown for for Halloween? I did. I, yes, I also did go as Charlie Brown this year for Halloween. Yeah. I watched. I didn't quite finish it, but and I had seen it already. But I watched part of The Void, which fucking rocks. Mm. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen this movie before. I haven't watched it, but it's been on my list. I watched the first half of that, mm-hmm. and then got busy and didn't watch. This is a Gave as up. you as you may have uh, realized. This is a continuing <laughs> theme in my life. Um, uh-huh. But that movie rocks. And I also realized I had it paused on the TV at my house with the subtitles saying, "I felt it when you woke up." <laughs> and my my roommate came uh-huh. home and was like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> This is like in our living room. <laughs> Just like. Hell yeah. Yeah. The void. I felt it when you woke up. So. Nice. But you were liking what you saw so far. Yeah. I, yeah. I had seen it before. Yeah. So I was just kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it fucking mm-hmm. rocks. Hell yeah. I have been watching House MD. That oh my show. God. Um, Scott. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you could be watching good shows. It's it's pretty good. I'm God. I'm I'm in a I'm in a nostalgia bubble right now where I'm just like listening to a lot of music that I used to listen to and like I watched that when I was younger. So I feel like I watched something else good recently though, like a good show. I don't know. I rewatch Party Down like every couple weeks, which I think <laughs> is the funniest show of all yeah. time. Only because you uh, haven't watched all of Nirvana the Band the Show yet. That's true. I I do need to watch more of Nirvana the Band the Show. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Very very much mine. Did you only watch the first episode? I I watched the first two or three. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to watch them all. Um, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all I can think of. That's what you've been watching. That's what I've been watching, I guess. Sorry to nice. be a letdown, but I you feel like there's something down. else oh cool, God. though. 
There's something. Well, else look. Cool. How about I, I'll do mine, and you can think about what your other one was. Yeah. Okay. I watched some crap. I watched. All right. The 2002 film May is a horror film. A beautiful bisexual horror film with Jeremy Sisto, Anna Ferris, James Duvall. It's weird, but not too scary. So perfect for me because I am a little chicken and I hate being scared. Or I just, I think fear is cheap. So I don't like to experience it. But I really like that movie. And I think that's going to be a classic Halloween movie for me now. I loved it. It's called May? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it or heard of it. It's kind of an indie and it's kind of, it's a weirdo movie. So I think it's more of cult status. But um, I really liked it. And so I just had Harrison Atkins on the podcast and I couldn't say this to his face, but I rewatched his movie Lace Crater, um, which I love so much. It is such a good movie. It's so well done. It's just like exactly my shit. I get excited when I watch it. Lace Crater, you know, shout out. I love it. (laughs) But he also said to me that because of our discussion, he was like, you would probably hate early Joe Swanberg films. So I started Mm -hmm. watching some early Joe Swanberg films to see whether or not I would hate them. I at that point in our conversation, I could only think of one Joe Swanberg film that I have seen and hated, which was The Zone. So I was I just been watching through some Swannies and I watched Uncle Kent yesterday. Pretty good. I actually really liked it. Um, And I watched some other ones, but I'm not going to go into all of them because I got two other things I want to talk about. I got two shorts I want to talk about, too. Um, One is called Brown. It's by Andy DeYoung. I really like the short Brown. I don't want to say what it's about because I think it would be a spoiler, but it's very funny and it's very well made short. So I recommend it. And then last one, also a short called White Rock Skate, which is a Mary Dowderman short starring Blair Beacon. Love her. Love the short. Blair Beacon plays like a really someone who's really into roller skating. She's like won a lot of awards for roller skating and the skating rink in her town is going out of business and nobody cares but she's really passionate about saving it it's cute it's good white rock skate that's what i've been watching did you think of your other thing i also rewatched the third season of joe para the Mm -hmm. other the other day so big big joe para head here yeah I, i mean all of the seasons are great but i thought the third was i would say Better than the second, not quite as good as the first. First so, season's the the best for you? I mean, mm. I also hold it like very dearly to me because it just like came at the right time in my life. But yeah, one of the episodes I watched every day for two weeks after I found it. So, Aww. That's, uh, wow. Okay. So it really hit for you. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Time for plugs. What you got to plug? Famously, I hate plugging things, but... You hate famously? Why? Well, I also don't like talking about myself, so coming on podcasts is... Shush. <laughs> Shush. Or it's I just, just I don't here. like talking. I know, I know. This has been fun. Tell me about you, Scott. What you got going on? Well, you can check out my Google Scholar page. <laughs> so I just plugged all my <laughs> academic stuff. By the time this comes out, we'll, we have joint plugs this time, actually, for once. That's Never right. had a joint plug with anyone. And by the time this comes out, all of our shit will be dropped. So tell the people about it. Yeah. So I I play in a band called Secret Grief. Kayla is now also a member. We, we sort of have a, a uh, very happy that after seven years of friendship <laughs> <laughs> what happened was got, someone who sings better than me moved farther studio. away <laughs> so that now i can jump in <laughs> 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 
No, it turned out great. So, so mm-hmm. by the time you hear this, there will be four videos of us performing four new songs from an EP called Bloom, including myself and Grandma. What do what do they know you as here, Kayla? Probably Kayla. Yeah, maybe both. Um, Probably Kayla primarily. Yeah. Normals. A lot of people know me as Grandma. <laughs> yeah. That's my other <laughs> life. I have three lives, all right? One life um, I'm Meat Boy, one life I'm Grandma, one life I'm Screen Vomit. So I keep all these things. I got all these threads flying around. <laughs> Who knows what's happening? But yeah. Um, and somewhere I'm a professional. <laughs> everywhere. Um, yeah, so so Secret Grief has a new studio EP with four songs that originally we recorded in 2015. and in Which fact, also I was there for. I was just going to say, you were, you were there when we did some of it. In the studio, but I wasn't asked to participate at that time. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> uh-huh, go uh, on. <laughs> yeah, and, and they the songs kind of disappeared for a while. And Tyler Floyd, who's also in the band and does a lot of recording, was like, can you just get the original tracks and I'll mix them and master them? And so over pandemic, we worked on that. And then we decided to do these live in-studio sessions that you came and sang with us and were so good. Thank you. And so those those videos are at the time of hearing this on YouTube. You can listen to Bloom, the studio versions on, I don't know, Spotify or Bandcamp or wherever you stream stuff. Mm-hmm. And more to come. And you also have a history of other albums too. That's oh, yes, new, that's but right. they've been putting out albums for a while. So our videos of our studio sessions will be on YouTube, like you said. They got a new album, mm-hmm. they got old albums, follow Secret Grief online our band (laughs) yeah i'm in the picture i also don't have personal social media except instagram so i'm gonna plug that Mm -hmm. my username is little droner boy (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. so that's it for plugs true yep unless they want to check out out my google scholar page (laughs) (laughs) check out scott's google scholar page easily the most important thing he's ever done (laughs) yep (laughs) he's smart boy you'll find out all right so that's it for the pod and you gotta say thanks scott for coming on finally thank you for having me begging you (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 and we'll see everyone else next week bye bye What's a pussy?